In the book of 3 John, John is encouraging a very particular individual with a very special situation. And today we're going to talk about why it's important to encourage those we lead. Hello and welcome to the Midweek Move, podcast extension of The Healing Place, the podcast where we examine scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves what is happening here. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm in a different seat, and it's tripping me out a little bit as we start this <laughs> podcast today. <laughs> but I'm excited because, ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, wrapping up our journey through uh, the Johannian uh, epistles. I think that's the way you say it, Johannian uh, epistles. And, uh, wow. Yeah. First you thing that. I did. <laughs> this is going to be a good episode, y'all. It's going to be good. So, uh, but we're wrapping up Third John, or we're going to be talking about Third John today, and um, this is a interesting book because uh, John's encouraging somebody while simultaneously saying somebody's messed up. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be talking about that kind of from a leadership perspective, and uh, I'm excited. Uh, well, let's jump into it, Pastor. If you could take a look at uh, verse one for us. Uh, greeting, this is in my header, mm-hmm. greeting to Gaius or Gaius, or it could even be Gaius, mm-hmm. uh, the elder, which we know is John, right? Uh, to the beloved uh, Gaius, uh, I'm going to use that word. Okay. I'm going to use it. It just feels good. <laughs> uh, whom I love in truth. All right, cool. So this is a continuation. This love and truth this is kind of a continuation from Second uh, John, which again, this is part of... The, uh, people ask, you know, well, he doesn't say it's John. How do we know it's the same person? Well, we have some connectors that take place. Yep. And Second John, he talked often about love and truth. And then First John, and there's a lot of conversation about loving each other and what that looks like, what that means. And so that's how we have this connection take place. But that's the whole, our basis of caring for each other is in our relationship to God. Yep. And um, so... The fact that you're a fellow believer, you may look different, you may do things a little bit differently than me, but we should love each other. We should encourage each other. There's a lot of division in the world uh, across some denominational lines and sometimes within denominations uh, that doesn't need to be existent. If we are in Christ, we should have love for fellow believers in discussion, period. And so Paul's opening, or not Paul, John's opening it up to this uh, particular church leader. He's saying, look, I have love for you because we're a fellow believer in Christ. We're we're lockstep uh, in one accord, which we've had conversations on this podcast about yep. what that means, uh, together. And uh, I want to make sure we point that out because this is establishing the um, the relationship John has with these people. This isn't just a random person. That's right. Um, and I appreciate that because I think so often people have this mindset that leadership's up here. And those who are under the leadership, there's no relationship. Mm. There's no connector. And John says, like, no. Like, we're doing life together. This is this is proper leadership. I have love for you. I'm concerned about you. We're going to get into a little bit more here even. Well, here, verse 2. Beloved. Well, oh, hold yeah. on just a second, Dallas. There is something that you pointed out at the very beginning of this is that, okay, we we believe this to be John. Right. I think sometimes it's such a hang-up for people when they're reading the Word of God. And we talk about this midweek move being line by line, verse by verse, and asking ourselves, what is happening here? What's, right. what's going on here? And I think sometimes we get so hung up on uh, like authorship because there may be 
a differential in authorship. This commentator says, well, it might be this person, and this one says it might be this person. And really, as we line all of this stuff up, we can find this kind of stuff in history books too. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, who recorded this? When mm -hmm. did it record? Does it line up with mm -hmm. dates, times? Does it line up with style? Yeah. Writing style. So uh, take one of the, maybe not most contentious, but Hebrews. Mm. So Hebrews, it's like some would ascribe it to Paul. Mm -hmm. Some would say, no, 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 there's, there's definitely not a language of Paul in the book of Hebrews. The way that it speaks, the way that it greets, the way that it ends, the way that the salutations, mm -hmm. the writing style doesn't necessarily lean towards Paul. Mm -hmm. And then some would say, well, it's lesser known, and that's why it doesn't say. So we would ascribe it to Barnabas or Apollos, mm -hmm. who were with Paul, because the things that Hebrews is talking about, Paul talked about, mm -hmm. and even talk at pointing everything to Jesus as the high priest, Jesus as the better sacrifice, Jesus is higher than angels, mm -hmm. the great high priesthood, all those things. Some people would read Hebrews and go, oh, I just can't read it because I don't know exactly who wrote it, or maybe this person or this person. But it's not about that. It's about, okay, does this line up in the continuum, mm. especially Hebrews, yeah. of Old Testament? Right. It has to mm -hmm. with Hebrews. Does it line up with dates and times? Does it line up with all the different aspects of the Word of God as a whole, as mm. the canon of Scripture? Does it line up with that as a whole? Yes, mm -hmm. unequivocally. It could have been Paul, it could have been Apollos, it could have been Barnabas, and maybe if it's Apollos or Barnabas, maybe that's why there isn't a, a huge greeting at the at the front, right? Because that would be ascribed more to a Paul, mm -hmm. um, and and especially even with like John, where he says the elder, mm -hmm. it's almost like okay, I'm not above you, but there is a certain role that I play that right. God has anointed me to, and He's not saying it as a uh, as a prideful statement. He's just saying, look, in your view, mm -hmm. this is how I appear right. as the elder. Right. So when he talks to Gaius or Gaius uh, or Gaius, uh, as he talks to him, he's not throwing this title out there. Right. He's simply, and I, you and I had a conversation earlier where mm -hmm. I had told somebody, hey, I'm going to speak to you as a spiritual father. Right. I'm not saying I'm that for you. Right. I'm not saying I'm your dad or I'm filling this role for you, but I'm going to speak to you as that so that they would receive it as that. Right. If I just go, okay, here, I'm going to speak this to you or pray this over you, I haven't established what's going to happen in that moment. John's establishing, a, for what he's about to tell him, he's mm -hmm. kind of establishing this is the premise and the position I'm coming from. Right. So that's like sometimes I'll talk to you and I'll be like, hey, man, um, we need to take care of something. And I just want you to know I'm speaking to you as pastor. Right. That lets you know. What's taking place. That's right. If I go, hey, man, I just want to speak to you as a brother. Mm -hmm. You kind of know where that's coming from. Right. If I say, hey, I just want to speak to you as a friend, man, mm -hmm. just some friendly advice. Right. You then know how to receive me. Right. And I think that sometimes in our relationships, our relationships are so multi-layered, and I know this isn't but I think it does have to do with this. Mm -hmm. Our relationships are so multi-layered that we don't know how to receive one another as brothers and sisters in Christ mm -hmm. because there is, there are different levels and different um, uh, and, and different mantles that we carry in our relationship. Sure. And so I think sometimes we're speaking as this, mm. but people receive us as this. Right. And thereby 
they don't even really have the complete context of our conversation because they're thinking it's coming from this position right. rather than this position. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And 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 you know that if I'm like, hey man, I'm speaking to you as your pastor, mm-hmm. you know that there's something that I've seen right. that I'm worried about right. that I that that has put something in me and I'm going, hey man, let me bring some let me just bring you back on track, man, or let me help you, or let me help heal you. Mm-hmm. If I go, hey, man, I'm talking to you as your boss. Right. That's a whole other situation. <laughs> yeah. Then you're like, okay, man, I need to, like, there's some things that are falling through the cracks, and I need to take care of them because this is my job. Right. But that pastoral, and then there are times where I'm not going to say how I'm coming to you. You're going to put me in that position. And a lot of times that's most likely going to be that role of uh, spiritual father mm-hmm. and apostolic. I'm not saying, hey, I'm doing this. Right, right. But in that instruction, you walk away from that and you go, mm, yeah, that, was my, that yeah. was my spiritual father yeah. speaking to me. And all that comes with a relationship. That's Being right. Being around people and everything. And I get, that's part of my, I think people get messed up with things but when they read the scriptures and they're, they're hearing from God because God's the same way. We go, well, that's God. And some people have this mindset, well, it's always daddy God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, well, there's also Lord God. There is, I'm bringing correction. I'm bringing this and that. It's the same individual. That's God. that's the issue. I think sometimes people treat God that way, and they almost make multiple gods mm-hmm. rather than one God. Right. He is one God. Mm-hmm. We do not serve multiple gods. Mm-hmm. We are not polytheistic. Word. We are monotheistic. We serve one God. And that's where people really get messed up, even with Jesus. And we've been talking about this, where mm-hmm. Colossians talk, talks about Jesus was there before all of creation. Some people have this wiring thing that they just can't get there. Right. Well, there are mysteries in the kingdom of God. And one <laughs> of those things is that God had, has, had chosen to manifest himself, God in the flesh, mm-hmm. that in order to feel and in order to uh, sympathize and empathize with our weaknesses and in order to pay the ultimate price for our sin, he had to come in the flesh, Mm -hmm. in the form of Jesus Christ. And then Jesus ascending to the right hand of the Father. It's like we get this, and all that is not multiple gods. It's not, okay, higher, greater, da-da-da. No, it's one God. Right. And so, yes, he's Abba Father. That's that's a characteristic of of who God is is Abba Father, but another part of his characteristic is he is a God of justice, right? And he's a God of mercy and he's a God of grace, but he is also a God of justice and he's also a God that hates yeah certain things. Mm-hmm. It's in the Word of God, and I know that we don't like to go there, mm-hmm. but but the Word of God is clear, yeah. and I think that if if we can navigate that. Even in our personal relationships, mm-hmm. you know, if my kids ever thought that I was talking to them as a friend, I don't think they would have been the adults they are now. Yeah, like they didn't need another friend; Mm-mm. they needed a father. That's right. And so now, in in our relationship, it is more friend, not friendly. <laughs> but it is more like a friend now yeah. because I'm not really their covering. Their, mm-hmm. their husbands are. Right. And so I'm, it's a different role. I'm still their father and I'm still their dad and all that stuff. And there still are times where I'm like, hey, I'm not your covering, but, man, mm-hmm. there are some gaps that I'm seeing and I, I just want to give you some advice. 
Right. If they're taking that from the friend side of it rather than the dad side of it, then mm-hmm. they may miss it. Yeah. <coughs> wow. That's the first time I've ever done that on a midweek move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse me, everybody. So good. But I mean, again, that's, again, that boils down to the, the complexity of things and develops in, we, we are able to walk through that through relationship. If I have a relationship with you, I know when you come to me, okay, this is, this is pastor, this is Scott, this is, you know, whatever it is. And in the situation here, he's coming to him elder. I'm, this is my position, but he's also showing that I have a relationship with you. I have care for you. And again, um, that's a, that's the thing. Some people think that if you're the boss, that you should have no relationship with your people. You know, your people are no longer co-laborers in Christ. They're underlings. And he's like, no, no, we're, we're in this together. Yep. I love you in the truth. And, uh, and he's, he's concerned about it on multiple levels, not just his, you know, what he does. I appreciate this because like, you know, he's, he's calling blessing out on the man's health and his soul at the same time. He's concerned about the entirety of the individual. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, again, in leadership, we need to be concerned about the people that we lead totally. Not just what they do for us, no doubt, and what they can do for us, but them as individuals. Yep, that's where you come in as Scott the pastor, not mm-hmm. Scott the boss. Yeah, that's where you come in as Scott the friend, not Scott the boss. And it's not an easy. That's not an easy um, uh, situation to navigate. Mm. It, it really isn't because sometimes, just circumstances of life, there are frustrations that take place when you see things happening in people's lives that they may not see themselves, nor do they want to see. Mm-hmm. And and that's such a, a tricky place. You know, there are people that I may not see for several weeks, you know, and it's like, okay, do I lean in? Do I not mm-hmm. lean in? Do I, do I even have authority in their life? Yeah. Like, do they even recognize that authority in their life? Yeah. So if I come in that realm of authority, are they even going to receive it mm-hmm. at all? Because again, I'm not presupposing I fit in any category in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. I do feel like that if I've invested in somebody's life and I've been there through some really rough things and great things and all those things, that there is a level of investment there that needs to be honored. Mm-hmm. You know that that if somebody uh, welcomes me into their life and that accountability, then when it's time to step into that, people should receive that. Sure. And I think that that's such a interesting, it really is an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. um, of do I, do I not? Right. Do I lean into this? Do I, you know, do I call? Do I text? Is it face-to-face? You know, all those different things. So right. are we going to go two through four? Uh, I think we've, we've, I think we've hit two pretty good. Um, what's it three and four? All right. Well, I'm going to read two just okay. to read it again. Beloved, again, he's calling out beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I love the fact that he doesn't just go to physical health, like you said, but he's also, is your soul prospering? Like, how are you emotionally? You know, that reminds me of is a phrase that you you brought out a couple years ago, which is, how's your faith? Yeah. You know, asking, we ask people, how are you? How are you doing? People, they go instantly to, you know, you know, life, work situations, but. How's your faith? How are you in Jesus? You know, that brings up a great, I just, a couple of days ago, I was uh, watching a podcast and it wasn't a Christian podcast, but it was uh, a guy who had been in uh, the industry for years as an interviewer. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about, he was talking to two other people who are younger than him, who are uh, interviewers or, or reporters. And this was kind of in the sports world. 
And he was literally testing them of how, if their questions were appropriate that they were even asking him. Mm. And so they would ask him a question and he would be like, why? And they would be like, well, why what? And he said, why would you ask the question that way? Because you've, you've given me a one-word answer. Mm. I can give you a one-word answer to that question. And so if you ask that question this way, then that brings a whole other response mm-hmm. to the way in which I'm going to answer. And I thought it was really interesting that he was talking about the way in which you ask something mm. then changes even the response. Yeah. Because sometimes we say, how are you? Mm-hmm. Good. That doesn't tell us anything. Right. So how have you been feeling lately? That's a different question. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me something good that's happened to you. Mm-hmm. Boom, you get a whole other answer. Right. And then even if something is not good in their life, it may come out in that statement right. or in that question. Mm-hmm. So that how's your faith goes beyond how are you doing. Mm-hmm. It's a different question. Seemingly sounds the same, but it's totally different because now you're eliciting a different, and you're going to get more information. You're actually going to get the very heart of that person Mm-hmm. Just simply by changing that question a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That makes sense? Absolutely. Matter of fact, I'm trying to find a book on that right now to read that about just the simple changing of a couple words, man, can just open up the gates for somebody to be able to share more personally. Uh, verse 3, For I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. Mm-hmm. Just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. This kind of speaks to the uh, the joy that spiritual leaders should have uh, for those that they lead when they see them doing great things, when they're walking through some stuff. We should be the first ones to celebrate the victories of those that we lead. Yep. Um, not in that the people need validation, but there is a level of like, I'm proud of you. Yep. If it, if it wasn't that case, then why does God feel the need to say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Why would God feel the need to do that? Because he understands there is a level of, let me validate what's taking place. Let yeah, me and why, why would Paul take an entire chapter in one of the deepest, mm. or an entire section in one of the deepest books in the uh, theological books in the Word of God mm-hmm. to talk about the people who had been serving with him right. in the ministry, mm-hmm. the people that nobody heard about, Yeah, you know, that he would take all that time. And I love the fact that that John says here that, when they came and testified, man, our testimonies are so <laughs> important mm. because it encourages. You know, really what John is saying here is that I rejoice greatly. I was encouraged mm-hmm. when I heard about how God is using you mm-hmm. and what God is doing in your life. I was encouraged in my soul. I was, uh, and then he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So, Again, this speaks to relationship. Mm -hmm. When the apostles and disciples called somebody their children, they're not talking about their natural children. They're talking about sons and daughters in the faith. Paul tells Timothy, my son Timothy, he wasn't his son. Right. You know, he had a Holy Spirit-filled grandmother. He had a Holy Spirit-filled mother. He, Mm -hmm. you know, he had a legacy of faith in his life, but yet Paul was spiritually mentoring him Mm -hmm. in his life in this next season of his life. Right. 
And so that even speaks to not just a position of elder, but no, 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 no. we have a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Like we've done some things together. I've seen you. I'm not just hearing about you, but I've seen this too. Right. But now it's super encouraging that when I'm not with you, man, you're still doing this. God is still doing these things in your life. Exactly. And I think it's important for him to to point that out to 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 Gaius or Gaius or whatever his name is, uh, because what we highlight is what's important to us. Yeah. And so what that tells the reader is, seeing you do well is important to me as a leader. Yep. Like not seeing you do things I need you to do, not uh, seeing your results, but seeing you just do well, walking in truth, and that being truth being being a productive Christian. Yeah, and we know this because of the the entirety of the Word of God. Someone like a John or a Paul, when they say things like this, what they're saying is who you are in Christ. Right. Not what you're doing for me or this, mm-hmm. this, this, but that you are being who God created you to be exactly. in Christ Jesus. That is a core aspect I feel like a lot of modern-day Christians lose, especially in leadership. You and I have talked about this before. We go to meetings with other pastors go, hey, man, How's things going? Oh, my church, man, we got up to 50 people last Sunday. We had this, this. How are you doing? Yep. How's your relationship in Christ? It's amazing how the simplest question can really mess somebody up if their mm-hmm. identity isn't in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Even a spiritually sounding question. Yeah. It's like, how are you? Well, I've been doing bop, 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 bop. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how are you? <laughs> Well, you know, I was doing this, and I'm thinking about doing that, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and I'm like, how are you? Right. And literally the response is, I don't understand the question, (laughs) which is pretty phenomenal in the kingdom of God world Mm -hmm. that someone would not understand that. Mm -hmm. And it was me taking the extra step of going, no, 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 I really want to know, like, who are you right who am i yeah not what you do right who are you right and then i was able to in one specific situation last week but in conversations with people to to be able to walk them through listen don't let that be your go-to because the moment that's your answer you're telling that person that your identity isn't in jesus Mm that it is in what you are doing, and now it's works-based. Right. It's not relationship-based. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that John does a beautiful job of this. Verse 5, are we doing 5 through 8? Uh, let's, uh, yeah, we could do that. All right, beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers. I think that is a real key here because mm-hmm. he's saying that not only are you doing it within the church and the body of Christ, but you're doing it for people who aren't. Right. Who aren't. Basically, you are being like Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well. Because they went forth for his name's sake, there it is, taking nothing from the Gentiles. We, therefore, ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. Okay, so here he's, he's admonishing him for serving being faithful to take care of people. My question for you, though, Pastor, is what does this mean The in the manner worthy of God? What does that phraseology mean? Like, what is he doing for these individuals? Well, again, he's, he's very clear that what you're doing is for his name's sake. Mm-hmm. Cup of cold water, 
meets a need mm -hmm. if somebody's thirsty. A cup of cold water in Jesus' name mm -hmm. takes on eternal value because it's in his name and for his namesake. Right. So now you're not just meeting a temporary need, but now you've taken the next step by invoking the name of Jesus to take it the next level. It's the man at the lame gate, mm -hmm. at the gate beautiful, the lame man at the gate beautiful. Peter says, silver and gold, I don't have it. I don't have any money, but what I do have, I give it to you in the name of Jesus. Right. Rise up and walk. Bones right. pop. All this stuff is happening. The guy is on the track to be healed. But ultimately, when you get to chapter 4, and he says this man is healed, that word is sozo. And so now it's not just physical. Mm -hmm. It's not just emotional. It's spiritual. Right. By invoking the name of Jesus for his name's sake in a manner worthy of God. Mm -hmm. That now it is not for your sake, not just a healing. It's not just for your sake of helping this person to be healed, but it is for the Lord. And in the manner of God, that points all the way back to Jesus. What mm -hmm. did Jesus do? Not a bracelet. <laughs> what did Jesus do? Mm -hmm. How did he do that? Right. I and the Father am one. I only do what I see the Father doing. If you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm -hmm. We are created in the image of God. And so to do it in a manner worthy of God, he, he says, if you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God. Now, when those were sent from the, from the church, there was always, not a process, but there was always something that happened. They were anointed. You know, we can go back to, to, to Paul, go to Barnabas, Silas, they were anointed and they were sent out in the name of Jesus mm -hmm. to do the works of the kingdom of God. Right. And so uh, when he says, um, if you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well because they went for, because, mm. how do you do well? Because, how is it a manner worthy of God? Because they went forth for his name's sake. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not, I'm not coming because I'm a Jew, I'm not coming because I'm a Gentile, I'm not coming in the name of John, I'm not coming in the name of Paul, I'm not sending them out in my name with my authority, but they are being sent out for his name's sake. Mm -hmm. Changes the whole narrative. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in verse 8, it said, in our tra the translation you and I are using, it says, uh, you therefore ought to receive such. Other translations said we ought to support these people. Uh, and so he's really talking about how... Uh, the way that he showed support for these people, the way he, he not just showed hospitality, but supported them and carried them out. And these are probably missionaries that we're talking about here. In 2023 today, how do you, what's a practical way for, people, for us to support missionaries, churches, uh, ministries that we, we have, not just uh, from a, I'm going to put money in an offering box at a church, but on a personal level also. Like, what's that practically look like for you uh, to support these people going out in Jesus' name? Well, I think there's a, a couple of uh, there's a couple of streams for this. Mm -hmm. One is we try to build a relationship with anybody that we support, whether it be world missions, home missions, in our own city. We never try to make it just about we send them a check every month. We mm -hmm. want to we want them to know us, mm -hmm. um, and we want to know them. Um, we want to have a a personal touch of some way. Most of ours, I have a personal relationship with, but that doesn't necessarily always have to be the case. But mm -hmm. we do want some kind of personal relationship to the house mm -hmm. in that. So for us, um, we support something in India, and we have a, 
a very close relationship with those people, almost a family-like relationship. Yeah, where I'm going to be doing the ceremony for, <laughs> you know, a daughter, and uh, a wedding ceremony for a daughter. But that daughter is being married to someone who came from this place. Yeah, and we sent them out. Well, how do we send them out? We anointed them. We prayed for them. We supported them. We gave them money. Right to go. Um, that person went on a trip with me uh, and raised finances for that person to go. So making a way in all these different um, manners, but literally to me, it starts with a relationship. Yeah. Because if people aren't, it's one thing to support something, but it's another thing to know the people who are doing it. That's it. And once you do that, it becomes personal. And then you, you almost can't stay away from that. Yeah. You know, you don't use it as a fundraising ploy or anything like that. It's about relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's like when we have somebody come here as a guest, they never really come for just one service. Mm -hmm. They're normally here for a weekend. We just had a guest for a whole weekend. In that, you get an opportunity for them to know you. And and one of our guests said, man, I love this because I don't get to do this everywhere. And it's like, you love what? I'm sitting in your house right now with you and your kids and your grandkids. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing your house. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't. You didn't put me, we didn't have this dinner meeting at a really, really nice chateau somewhere, and mm -hmm. you're trying to put on airs. This is at your house. There are toys in the corner. Right. The grandkids <laughs> running around. It's like, because you're telling me you want to build relationships with me, mm -hmm. and that's important for me, that I don't just go somewhere and deposit something, but something's deposited back into me, and right. this is a valuable relationship. Exactly. That relationship with people is so important in a lot of ways. At the same time, there is a level of, like, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit to say, hey, I need to bless this thing. I hear about mm -hmm. this thing taking place. Uh, now, not saying that, you know, you anytime a missionary comes into your house, you know, you oh, I just need a fork over all my money. Have. We're, you and I are part of an organization that was specifically birthed out of protecting people because there are people who would just come in, I'm going to India, and then just take money and go somewhere else. And So there is a level of having good stewardship, mm -hmm. being wise, but there's a being quick in your spirit to go, man, I, I just feel like I need to give for this moment. Yep. Even small things. You tell a story about you were, I think, in India, and you just felt quick in your spirit that you need to give your watch over to a person. Yeah. You know, you just felt like you needed to do that. Nothing spiritual about it, but you did in Jesus' name, and then you didn't know how God moved in that situation. That's that was right. a big ordeal. And so there is a level of being still Holy Spirit and because and just going, like, I just feel like I need to give to you. Or, like, I do this a lot where I'll meet people. I'm like, you know, I know this organization I think you need to connect with. I feel like you know you need to you need to check them out because I feel like you will connect with them, and I think they speak to what's happening inside of you. And I think that's up to leaders to do that. To that sometimes we don't we don't encourage people to look outside of certain things and go, hey, I really see something that will spark something inside of you. But actually, the key to those Kairos moments is relationship too. Oh yeah, it's relationship with God. Mm -hmm. If you have a relationship with God, a personal, intimate relationship with God your awareness goes to a different place. Mm -hmm. Your discernment, your, your senses are aware. Yeah. Your spirit has awakened, and it has made all your senses aware of things that are going on around you. And so for me, I think some of the most incredible moments like you're talking about where maybe you didn't have time to develop a relationship or something just comes up or a need just comes up, mm -hmm. that I can point to my relationship with the Lord being intimate and very personal in that season of my life where I knew mm -hmm. as soon as that happened, man, this is the Lord. I need to be a part of that. 
I don't have time to build a relationship with this missionary. I don't have time to go to Moldova. I don't right. have time to jump on a plane and go to Israel. We need to do this right now because this is what the Lord is saying. And that, to me, goes back to relationship as well, but relationship with the Lord. Word. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the first round of First John, or Third John, rather. <laughs> and uh, um, if I could give one big takeaway is be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And be aware of the relationship you have with people and with the Lord, because that's going to lead you to doing some amazing things. And if you are a leader, be active in encouraging those things. We don't have past this moment, but what we do know is that that Gaius went, a man who cares about me and led me has encouraged me in this place, and I need to know I need to know that I'm doing well and I can do more. Yep. You got anything you want to add to that? No, man. I think it's great relationships, man. Just relationship with the Lord and relationship with one another, vertical, horizontal. And, you know, if I had one finishing thing, it would be don't make your horizontal go vertical. Mm. What I mean by that is don't get your viewpoint of God based on your viewpoint of humanity. Rather, let that vertical relationship with God then flow out to horizontal, and your relationships will be much, much healthier. So good. So good. Well, guys, we want to hear from you. Reach out to us, Midweek Move, on uh, Facebook, or you can email us at mediahub at thpshreveport.com. Until next time, have a great week.